0: Yo, that's my cue. Welcome to the Clay Ben Podcast, episode 24. Hope you enjoyed the smooth renderings of special guest Jeff Dellas and happy birthday, Ben Chapman.
1: Oh.
0: Hello. Hello. Hey. Hey. Hey.
2: How y'all doing?
1: Hey.
0: to you the write-up on the armadillo world headquarters that they were advertising at the time where willie and waylon played okay the armadillo world headquarters is all about music a shared tolerance for marijuana psychedelic drugs and cold beer
2: (laughs) that's all (laughs) Uh, that sounds befitting of what i understand of that era
1: country music
2: in texas
0: how are you tonight ben
1: how about now?
0: Oh, there yeah, you are. There we go. I
1: had the wrong <laughs> microphone selected.
0: Oh, that is the right microphone. I can tell you that.
1: I guess. Either that or my microphone isn't working, and then I selected a, an inferior microphone that is working better tonight.
2: <laughs> what are well, you uh, sipping on there, Ben?
1: I can't remember what the, uh, what the label is, but it's bourbon. Yeah, uh, I got it for my birthday. Happy Ooh. birthday. Thank you.
2: You oh, had a recent dude. birthday and I apologize for not knowing this.
1: No, you you told me happy birthday. It's...
2: Oh, yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of water under the bridge between uh, now and uh, Saturday, whenever
1: the heck that was.
0: <laughs> May 18th.
1: Well, I mean, it, yeah, I mean, it, it came to light when uh, I think Brendo texted the group and yeah, Are and it. Jeff Chamber.
0: drop a little trivia on your birthday Um, and you may, you probably know this, Uh, but first of all, let me just ask you, do you know what time you were born on May 18th? 3 a.m. Okay, so you were coming in hot ahead Mm -hmm. of what?
1: Mount St. Helens.
0: Mount St. Helens Uh, erupted later that morning. Yeah, I can tell you what time, but yeah, well, not at at 3 a.m.
1: No, no. People had woken up and were sipping on their coffee most notoriously harry truman not to be confused with the late president but that'd be cool if it were the president that would be (laughs) but old man harry truman he uh the one who stuck it out he stuck it out he didn't yeah he didn't want to evacuate he was uh
0: well most people thought 5.1 magnitude earthquake no big deal they didn't know what was coming. Lava
1: was coming.
2: <laughs> lava, pyroclastic uh, material. Hey, let's talk about science.
0: We all love science and news. Oh, news! Yeah, and speaking of yeah. speaking of lava.
1: Good segue.
0: <laughs> Could y'all hear that? Yeah. 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 Well, I made that song uh, in honor of the video that Ben sent me called Sharkano. Uh huh. <laughs> and Jeff, you probably don't know about this. This is some breaking scientific news. Uh, but NASA, used, using satellite imagery, um, was able to detect an underwater volcano. And not only was there an underwater volcano, they found sharks swimming around that volcano.
2: Really? Mutant sharks.
1: Sharks (laughs) mutated to endure the uh, extreme conditions. So
2: it's it's actually like an active volcano. Is it in the Hawaiian Islands? Like something that's consistently. uh... Yes,
0: it's not in the Hawaiian Islands, but it's the same idea. Okay. Okay. I think it's in the Uh. Philippines or it could be way off.
1: I couldn't find in the article where it said where it was. It showed on a map and it wasn't
2: Hawaii, but...
1: I I couldn't tell what it was, yeah.
2: And, uh, gosh, I mean, like, how deep are these sharks swimming? Deep.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if you want me to get scientific, deep, yeah. (laughs) It's dark and the only thing you can see is some red light from the lava.
2: And they just hang out there,
0: you know. I don't know if they like. I don't like. I don't know if they like the uh, all the bits of sulfur that are in the in the water or what.
2: Yeah, they just dive down there for a snack on uh, the nutrient rich waters and uh, come back up.
0: Yeah, not unlike the Tigris (laughs) or the Euphrates.
1: They've learned to subsist. Yeah, on the sulfur.
0: Yeah. Well, speaking of all that scientific craziness, did y'all happen to, and if you didn't, it's okay. You can admit it freely here. Did you get a look at the dinosaur article?
1: I did. I gave it a gander. Yeah.
2: Okay. What do you think about it? Well, can I, I just wanted to say like, I I had intended every intention to dive deeper there. If you followed that page, there are a lot of neat looking links. (laughs) Yeah some of which caught my eye that I told myself I was going to look at before this. And then, you know, there I was at, uh, whatever six 58 PM, uh, planting my youngest son down at uh, dinner. So I didn't get to do it, but what caught my eye was iridium, the component, the, uh, metal, I'm assuming Mm -hmm. iridium. I'm just wondering like what kind of cool things we could make with that and how we, we might be able to exploit it.
0: Yeah. How can we take advantage of that? (laughs) <laughs> i was pretty amazed by that article when it came out in 2019 and i thought i had told all these people about it but i think i just read it a bunch uh but i mean the idea that like the entire earth is covered with these little tiny glass beads and that even they were so, they were so abundant that the fish they were even inside the fish's gills and they could basically tell within an instant around the world as they dig up anywhere oh yeah this was part of the uh, massive extinction.
2: Did, now, did they say, I, I thought I saw them say that, like, this blast went out like 3,000 kilometers in all directions. Yeah. So, it didn't.
0: It basically, like, that, that uh what, about 36 feet wide, or was it, like, 90 feet wide, hit the gulf and caused a massive tidal wave. But it, it wasn't the tidal wave that caused it. It was, yeah, what you said. It was basically, like, the aftershock from the uh uh the impact yeah and basically like like a like a sheet you know rippling everything just popped up and then came back down on top of each other even the right and everything
2: but yeah before like any tsunami it was just this yeah. like seismic shock what did they call it was it a sesh the word sesh yes yeah, it was a site see it yeah new word for me but um yeah
1: Hold on, hold on. Conspiracy theory here. <laughs> Go on. I don't think the asteroid really hit Earth. I think it's a giant cover-up by the deep state that doesn't want us to know what really happened to the dinosaurs and the Which reason I, if they
2: became smart enough and technologically advanced enough to send themselves off the planet for good
1: maybe but <laughs> you know for my entire life i i believe that dinosaurs went extinct 65 million years ago yet this this article rounds up to 66 million <laughs> either that's a lot I've, of
0: time in between
1: i've been around a lot longer I mean, I, I know I'm getting up there in age, but for me to, to, to hey, just, through a, a rounding error of a million years, <laughs> you know, I'm not buying it. So I think they slipped up there. They've been telling us all this time an asteroid hit the Earth 65 million years ago. This article comes out, you know, proving that an, art, that, uh, an asteroid hit the Earth 66 million years ago. So, you know, I'm, I'm calling their bluff. And more uh, of
0: a refute than a than like calling it out, it's calling it for what it is. It's more like saying it
1: didn't happen. You debunked it, I did. I debunked it. I (laughs) it never happened. Wow, I I mean, it's it's like well, the fact that sounds so much like a Hollywood script, you know, to me, it further debunks it. I mean.
0: (laughs) And as you know, it aired Wednesday on PBS. So maybe it was all created just, you know, for a little docu series called Dino, Dinosaur Apocalypse. Here we are again, talking about the thing we like to do. Oh, that's right. Oh, I think Ben's been researching Spinal Tap.
1: I have been, uh, I saw it in a, in an elevator. Um,
0: Is Eugene Levy in it?
1: Um, I, I, I don't think so.
0: Did y'all know that they're making an Indiana Jones five? No. Harrison Ford? Yes. Wow. I think he's. I mean, I don't know how old he is. Is he eighty?
1: Yeah, he's he's eighty. Um, he could be. He could play Sean Connery's dad now. From <laughs>
0: I wonder how old Sean. How, I wonder how old Sean Connery was in that one.
1: He was like six years older than. Uh, or he wasn't. He wasn't old enough to be his dad. He's like ten years older. Yeah.
0: He was really great in that. Yeah. Junior. Yeah.
1: Junior. Uh, yeah. I watched that pretty uh, recently.
0: Well, good. You're warming up for, well, no, I guess you would have had to watch, uh, the crystal skulls to warm up for Indiana Jones five.
2: That's actually, uh, so we own, we do own the Indiana Jones series. On, yeah.
0: My kids still mm. like to watch that one quite a bit. That and uh, back to the future.
2: Oh, don't have that one. We've got, uh, Every Star Wars that's been put out, um, I've got Lord of the Rings. I, you know, I've kind of gotten to the point with it where I've like, I've burned it out. Like oh, yeah. even now, I think it's been a solid year since I've seen any of them. But I have just enough of it to be like
0: not interested,
2: but yeah, <sighs> probably circle back.
0: Well, you invented, in my opinion, going to Barnes and Noble and reading it for free. <laughs>
2: Oh really? Did I do that? that? Yeah, you would no. go and sit
0: in the chair and read it for like really? hours. Yeah. What were you read? when we were in college? He when we especially when we lived on Kyle Avenue, Jeff would go over to that Barnes and Noble and read Lord of the Rings.
1: You read, <laughs> didn't I even think, know I read.
0: I think he read them all.
1: <laughs> yeah, I remember him getting really. He, he wasn't a reader, but then he got really into. I do remember him getting really into Lord of the Rings. So you know my second reading phase that happened after
2: uh, after I moved to Hood River, like this is you know whatever. Some years after that, it, at Kyle, um, I uh, I got into the whole Russian literature thing. I like, totally sunk in. Maybe it was the winters of Oregon. I was yeah. house sitting alone, kind of out in the woods at this really cool spot, but. Uh, yeah, I just totally delved into uh, Dostoevsky and um, all those other guys.
0: Well, I have a great, seg- I have a great segue there. I'm reading from Russia with Love right now. Uh, oh. James Bond. I'm reading all the. I'm trying to read all of the James Bond, and I think, almost, never... I think I'm never. on five right now. Huh? They're what great. They're find... like they're like two hundred pages or less. You know? Yeah. Uh, Do Amazon. you feel like?
2: Is it one of those things where the movie uh, meets it, exceeds it, or is less than? Or um,
0: I mean, the movies are great because we grew up watching them. So I definitely, uh, as I'm reading them, I I go back to the movies. But the books are really good. Yeah, they're written really well.
1: Oh, here's here's what I found out about the this is Spinal Tap sequel. The new movie won't have a script and will be entirely improvised. That will have a firm structure in place.
0: <laughs> Fully improvised with a firm structure.
1: Rob Reiner will be the director. Rob Reiner, <laughs>
0: greatest known for, what would you say he's greatest known for, Ben?
1: All in the Family, Meathead.
0: Okay. Can I say Prince's Bride?
1: As a no. director, yeah. That's, that was probably one of his top ones. Um, if not, yeah. I mean, I, that was kind of his breakout. Directorial film. Um,
0: they, teased, they teased a second Princess Bride recently, but
1: I'm glad. I, I hope it. I hope it doesn't.
0: Yeah, there's no need for that.
1: No. I mean, Roger Kenneth
0: have
2: been president, so the um, that cast, like those movies, the mockumentaries that that particular cast does, like they're they're based on improvisation. Yeah, but are they saying that there's literally like no direction or is or is it kind of a guided improv yeah it
1: sounds like it was a firm structure would be the direction the improvisation would be the dialogue okay um, and the, the other characters were harry Shear, which is uh, you know better known as uh, you know superintendent chaw or no no sorry uh, principal skinner and ned flanders and uh hmm. uh who's uh reverend lovejoy <laughs> and then uh christopher guest who i think directs most of those mockumentaries is that uh, also he's when, in when, you,
0: when you say most you mean also like a uh, fresh r- fresh wind fresh fire and the best in show and those
1: yeah a mighty wind
0: a mighty wind yeah not fresh wind fresh fire that's a that's a <laughs> book about the brooklyn tabernacle choir Ooh. I digress. <laughs> I love it when uh, ben, I love it when Ben can bring it back to the Simpsons.
1: I can bring anything back to the Simpsons.
2: I'm just looking. Uh, I'm I'm going to some of those links that I was interested in checking out on the asteroid thing. There's one that really got my attention, which was asteroid strike made instant Himalayas.
0: That is pretty that are we that's pretty crazy. that we're talking about?
1: I you yeah. know, I don't think that supports my theory. <laughs> <laughs> the Himalayas, you know, and what
0: does it say about the Dalai Lama?
1: God snapped <laughs> his fingers and there's the Himalayas.
2: It, uh, it, <laughs> it created the Himalayas and instated Buddhism as a national religion. <laughs> oh, man.
0: what a what a monumental day. <laughs>
2: and <laughs> yeah, that was just a matter of uh, seconds that
0: was before the tsunami even rolled upon lapped the shores of south dakota
2: mm-hmm. yeah although, i don't know although mm-hmm. i
0: read in the article um, that there was a waterway all the way from the gulf all the way through through america at that point yeah
2: i heard that too and i guess it's that's
0: why most of the Texas Mississippi New Mexico River were underwater at that point or were like no. the coast
1: Sounds like the Mississippi River, which still exists.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The Mississippi Ocean is what it was known as back then. And Amarillo is a really beautiful
2: beach. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, my parents are like just waiting to cash in on their (laughs) beachfront property in another 66
1: million years. (laughs)
2: Oceanfront property
1: in Amarillo.
0: (laughs) Hello uh, there. Oh,
1: you just successfully combined two of George's most famous hits.
0: <laughs> I did. <laughs> well, I I uh, I was telling Jeff earlier that I visited the Country Music Hall of Fame, and I would be remiss if I didn't tell you that Gabby took a picture with George Strait's bust. So, Ooh. Yeah, that was an important moment for us.
1: That's cool. Yeah. I remember in uh, around 1990 or so. Um, my dad pointed out to a guy in a suit. He said, go get his autograph. And I was like, okay. So I was at a, a Spurs game. So I just walked down from my seats and got his autograph. And it was George Strait. I had no idea who he was. But, um, you know, within a few years, I, I was, you know, well up to speed on his uh, influence over the country music scene.
0: Yeah. Well, I like, the listeners can't see it, but baby blue is the color of your eyes.
1: Burn yeah, maybe brain. one day we'll be uh, live streaming our podcast, and they'll be able to see my beautiful blue eyes, bald, bald dome.
0: <laughs> no, Jeff and I are Jeff and I were talking earlier about counterculture in Austin, and we were talking about the '70s uh, country music takeover of Austin history is interesting history is interesting Think about things from the past like what kind of questions did they ask that's why i like history because it is so interesting at least it is to me that's what i think so gabby and i went to nashville last week for like three days my mom came up and stayed with the kids and so we went out there to, to see a show and just to you, you know, eat and hang out and get to know Nashville, but it was a lot of fun. That's cool. Uh, but on the first on the first day, we went to the Country Music Hall of Fame, um, which you you know, uh, <laughs> I think we, I think for both of us, we we don't like a whole lot of current country, but right. this went this goes all the way back to you know Hank Williams before him even, in, you know, early 1900s uh, before they even even you know finished indenting the guitar. Right, uh, but one of the exhibits that they had—let um, me see what Ben says. One of the exhibits that they had was called uh, "Outlaws and Armadillos," and it was uh, country's roaring seventies.
2: I'm sorry, you said outlaw what? You kind of cut uh, out there. Uh,
0: outlo- outlaws and armadillos. Outlaws
2: and armadillos.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it was it was awesome. It's like it's it was like themed as country music's roaring seventies. Uh, but it was basically about the music scene between Nashville and Austin in the 70s. <clears throat> and yeah. Basically how, you know, a lot of these guys like Waylon Jennings, uh, Willie Nelson, Chris Christofferson basically were like not really doing well in Nashville. They were kind of struggling. They were struggling with just kind of the, the system or whatever. And they all kind of moved and decided to relocate to Austin together. They kind of followed Willie down there uh oh, yes. but you know they started playing at these three place three places uh one which still exists which is i think it's called the out uh it's called the armadillo world headquarters i don't know if you uh, i have yeah yeah there's a there's a whole uh there's a whole album out dedicated to it okay. i'm gonna read you some of these names from uh outlaws and armadillos willie nelson waylon jennings chris christopherson old bobby bear jerry Jeff walker <laughs> <laughs> David Allen Coe, Billy Joe Shaver, Guy Clark, Towns Van Sant. That's who made me think of you. Yeah. Uh, and obviously my dad loved Towns Van Sant, so growing up. But they had this whole write-up on Towns and like his, when he got arrested in Dallas. and uh, <laughs> But it, they have all that music playing in the background while you're there, all
2: their old guitars and stuff. Dude, that's awesome. Uh, you know who I've been jamming a lot lately? Well, I take that back. Like, I shouldn't say a lot. I just kind of go through these. Uh, someone that I got uh found via towns van zant was blaze foley it's actually i think he was an arkansas native arkansas native moved to austin and uh definitely someone a little uh he's got a good sense of humor kind of melancholic a little bit but uh what his name was blaze blaze foley blaze oh blaze foley blaze foley uh, also known as uh, John Lewis, West the Third, That's his birth name. No I'm kidding. <laughs> In a
1: blaze of foley. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Ooh, I know. It's never easy when the episode ends. But we appreciate you joining us for another episode of the Clay Bam podcast. Appreciate you finding a way to listen. Hope you have a good week.